visit Cape and Cowell Comics at 1601 Clay Street in downtown Oakland, California, open every day, or online at capeandcowlcomics.com. Welcome to the Cape and Cowell Comics Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by writer and pop culture geek, Clara May. Clara, how's it going? Hey, I'm good. <laughs> good, good. So today we are going to talk some Iron Fist. We're going to yeah. recap season one, and we definitely have a lot to talk about here. Uh, yeah, but uh, first, um, I thought we'd talk a little Ghost in the Shell. So the reason I bring this up is, uh, Clara, you were... Mm-hmm. In Japan recently, yes. right? And you were you were in Japan during the release of Ghost in the Shell, right? Yes. Well, I was there during the release of it in the U.S. Um, and it wasn't until I got to Japan that um, I found out Japan is the like the one country that got it a week later. Oh, which is very strange yeah. when you consider that's where you know like the it was based and the origin is. Um, so I didn't see any any posters or anything of it in theaters oh, until really? the last day. Okay. You know, okay. a week later. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was out, but like I did not get to see the reception for it. Okay. But did you get a sense for how it was being received or at least sort of the the feel of what the people of Japan thought of an American live action version of, of this of this story that is really beloved. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I was surprised to see that, I mean, it, it looked like, and this is mostly from articles um, and from the few posters I did see at the end of the trip, but, like, it, it seemed like people were excited for it, mm-hmm. um, which I think came as a surprise to me at first because it's so, you know, <laughs> it was so controversial in the U.S. Yeah. And it really, I mean, I heard it bombed when it, yeah. premiered like it I think did. I don't even think it's made its money back yet right but um in Japan it seemed like it was more of you know there was more excitement for it um and I don't think the Japanese had a problem with it honestly mm-hmm. not the same problems that Asian Americans had with it definitely yeah yeah we we've had a few conversations about this topic and a lot of the defense of some kind of questionable projects in terms of whitewashed characters and whatnot, is, you know, hey, in Asia, they're okay with it, so we should be okay with it too. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's kind of an apples-to-oranges comparison yeah. because what's going on in Asia is much different than what's going on over here, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a totally different culture. Um, and this was my first time to Japan, but... I mean, you go there, and it is, like, 98% ethnically Japanese. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't... I, I was traveling with people who were, were Asian and black and white and Latina, and we were openly stared at because it's so uncommon to see non-Japanese people. Um, and, you know, I some of my, my white friends that I was with, uh, Japanese people would compliment them on their blue eyes and their blonde hair. You know, it would, it would happen all the time. So I think they, they saw white people as exotic, first off, and then 
I don't think they have a conception of underrepresentation of Asians because yeah. they, I mean, like they saw themselves everywhere. Every single poster features an yeah. Asian person, you know? Right. Every single film, every single show. Yeah, you, you, you know, I've spent a little bit of time in Japan and you flip on the TV, mm-hmm. you go to the movie theaters and guess what? There's Asian faces everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so, how great must you know. that be that you can see <laughs> yourself represented? And I, so I think when they, when Asians in Asia hear that Asian Americans are struggling to see themselves, they're just like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't see the problem. Like, I don't, you know? Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me that, you know, in Asia, they probably think it's kind of goofy that we would have these pro- kind of problems mm-hmm. in the States, right? But yeah, like you said, it's a completely different culture. And I think it's pretty important to kind of realize that. And yeah. that excuse mm-hmm. of, hey, they said over in Asia it's mm-hmm. cool, so we should be, I mean, that's not to really a defense. Asian Americans, yeah. yeah. Just, and I remember what really struck me was I read, when I was in Japan, I read an article where they interviewed, of course, Japanese people about um, how Asian Americans felt, or diaspora Asians in general, how they felt. And the Japanese person they were interviewing was like, well, I don't see why you would have a Japanese American person. Like, it would be offensive to have a Japanese American. But they were totally fine with Scarlet. So I think they were equating being American with being white. Mm. And like it was so strange to see that they would have been offended had it been an Asian American. You know, like they were adamantly <laughs> against it. And I was just like, oh, my God, what is this? You know? It is odd. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it kind of goes along with what, we, what we've been saying is that it's just completely different culture, a completely different perspective. Okay. So, yeah, I thought I'd give just kind of a brief review of the film because I have seen it and um, condolences. <laughs> yeah and you know it's funny we we had conversations previously about mm-hmm. how I was looking forward to this yeah. film I was pretty excited I, I saw the trailer and thought it looked cool and I'm a big fan of the the 90s anime film and I felt like this live action version was in the spirit of that film uh but ultimately man it was really disappointing it was bad i I do not recommend this movie to anyone this is coming from a ghost in the show fan and i really didn't like this movie so yeah um on on, uh, a couple different levels you know um i thought at the very least i could enjoy this as a a special effects action entertaining film but mindless sci-fi yeah you know a little escapism nothing wrong with that but man didn't even work on it didn't even work on that level Uh, you know um one thing i'll say is the look of the film is nice and you know we all kind of got a glimpse of it in the trailer and the film does match that look that we all saw in the trailer it looks cool um but you know that can only go so far like i like we talked a little bit earlier about how like for about five minutes i was like in in heaven i was like ooh, wow that's so cool you know the opening shots i'm sure were amazing Mm -hmm. yeah and it really kind of brought you into that world and it was kind of like nothing i'd seen before but then you know it really goes back to the writing Mm -hmm. and 
If there's a story that doesn't compel you, there are characters that don't interest you, you know, the, 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 the spectacle of CGI and cool effects, it doesn't last long, you know, the, the, the appeal doesn't last long, you know, and this was the case here. It just, I was, I really didn't care about any of the characters and mm-hmm. it was just, it was boring, yeah. you know, it was, yeah, ultimately boring and disappointing. And that's on, you know, level one of just, <laughs> just on entertainment yeah, yeah. review. Mm-hmm. Um, level two would be, you know, kind of the, the diversity uh, take yeah. on the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it got a lot of controversial... Um, uh, Backlash, basically. Backlash, yeah, exactly. On on the casting, mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson playing the major, who is a Japanese character yes. in both the manga and the anime. <laughs> yes, we must emphasize that because people always want to argue otherwise. Yes, but there are cultural markers that you can pick out within both. Yeah, so yeah. She's Japanese. And um, going in, like the one thing I thought was a defense of the whitewashed casting. Mm-hmm. You know, not the best defense, but it, it. I felt it was something that was sort of good enough for me that okay, I can get past. Is that, you know, Scarlett Johansson as the major. She yes, she's a white actress, but the character is kind of more a robot than a human. So, the the overlying theme is what is human consciousness and an exploration into artificial intelligence and it's more of a what is human versus robot rather than any kind of racial sort of issue right um and i felt the the anime film handled it well like the the major was sort of purposefully um sort of non-racial she didn't really look japanese she didn't really look caucasian she looked like a robot, yeah, essentially. She, yeah, and she she acted like a robot. Um, yeah. She yeah she was very inhuman, very cold. That did work for that film. Yeah. So I thought, hey, that's that's a good approach, you know. And <laughs> just, you know just what? Copy that. Yeah. So before I go f- further, just a quick spoiler alert. I'm going to reveal some plot points of the film, and we're going to really spoil Iron Fist yeah, later, too, so uh, before I forget, yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert for both Ghost in the Shell film and Iron Fist, TV sh- Iron Fist TV show. So, yeah, the big spoiler here is for some reason, they decided to explain the Major's backstory, which just This was kind of late in the film, too, so that surprised me, and kind of a double whammy. At this point, I was checked out. Like (laughs) I was sort of like, this film sucks, so uh, I was just kind of rolling my eyes anyway, but they decided to reveal her real name, so they purposefully, for, you know, the first half of the movie or so, call her uh, the major aka Mira yeah she had this first name Mira which is a new name so like okay I guess they're really going for yeah. this so like, she's not really Matoko you were trying to reason out you know like well so I thought <laughs> right so I thought so come to find later that guess what folks she was a Japanese woman named Matoko Kusanagi mm-hmm. and a, an older Japanese actress shows up 
as her mother. So it, it, was, it was mind-blowing. Like, it, it basically was saying, you know what? Guess what? You know, this character is a Japanese woman in a white woman's body. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, really terrible, you know, really awful. Yeah, I think it's incredible that, like, I mean, you can tell that they did not realize, I guess, that that would be an issue until the backlash came out, you know, because it was already written in the film. They had already cast the mom. And I think mm. after the backlash happened, all of a sudden you saw reports that her name was Mira, and they tried to distance it from the fact that she was really Motoko. Mm-hmm. So I think... And like you said, it's a it's a sign of the bad writing that it just reflects on the creative team that they didn't think, I don't know, they only did surface level when it came to putting a consciousness into a body that presents as white. You know, yeah. it's, it's just funny because the whole film's supposed to be exploring that. <laughs> like, what yeah. do our outer bodies mean versus our mind? But the film ended up not even exploring it Mm -hmm. deeply enough, you know? (laughs) It was, it really threw me for a loop. Now I really (laughs) wonder what, what was the, the logic behind doing that? You know, like, did they think that maybe because of some of this Asian American backlash that, oh, maybe let's say she was Japanese, maybe they'll That'll be, they'll like that or some, I don't know, some (laughs) weird fucked up logic. I I don't know. I honestly don't think they thought it through. I think they didn't see it would be any sort of issue. And then by the time it came out that it was an issue, they were like, oh my God, we've, we've already filmed it. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Right. That sounds about right. You know? And yeah, I guess, I don't know. Just really terrible. Like just an awful experience on a number of levels watching that one. So, okay. I think, yeah, I think we've said what we've needed to say there. Yeah, yeah. bad writing. That's... Definitely bad writing. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> let's move on. So let's talk some Iron Fist. It's also bad writing. Let me just say. But, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. All okay, right. Go, oh, you, you're, you're ready to go here. Okay. So um, this is going to be interesting because, um, you know, when we've spoken... You know, for the most part, we've been pretty much in line on most things. You know, a few a few things here and there. You know, I you know, like I mentioned, I was looking forward to Ghost in the Shell, and you had the foresight to know that it was going to be garbage. But you know, besides that, I think we've been pretty much on the same wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. That ends now because <laughs> we are. I know um, we are on op- opposite ends of the spectrum with Iron Fist. So yeah, you know so. I think, um, you know, neither of us is really the confrontational type. So I don't think this is going to blow up into some huge argument. Or this is going to be the first argument. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but we, I think we both have some pretty strong feelings mm-hmm. here. So maybe the best way to frame it is we'll just give our respective takes on the show and explain why we loved or hated it um and just have a civil conversation yeah <laughs> okay so um I think you should go first you think i should go I, first I do, oh I because do. you want to just like <laughs> jump on me and like and rip me apart <laughs> right <laughs> advantage of it okay okay i'll i'll, I'll give uh, I'll, I'll give my take host first okay all right fair <laughs> enough so okay so you know i i touched upon this briefly in a previous episode 
Um, and my feeling now hasn't changed. You know, I really enjoyed the show. So the weekend it released, I binged it. I watched the entire season uh, that weekend. Like so, literally the weekend? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So Like in like the two, three days? I almost finished it in two days. Oh. So um, oh it released on a Friday. <laughs> And at the end of the night on Saturday, I had one episode left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I literally did a six, six, one, six episodes on Friday, oh six on Saturday, and one on Sunday. And yeah, I, I worked on Friday too. So yeah, and um, yeah, I, I ripped through it. So what can I say? I feel like I should preface this by saying. I'm a little afraid of what's going to happen <laughs> the rest of this episode, but um, well, you know, just just being as a as a Speak man, yourself, as a man, you know, the, the term mansplaining has been thrown a lot around a lot, and the last thing I want to do is mansplain <laughs> Iron Fist. So I'm not going to defend the cultural appropriation. I'm not going to defend the missed opportunity here. Um, I'm just going to say what I enjoyed about it. Why don't we leave it at that? Okay, so um, I really enjoyed the fact that the show, the entire season, season one, Iron Fist, really to me was kind of a love letter to classic kung fu movies and that's kind of the bottom line for me i am a huge kung fu movie fan and i have been for a long time and um i'm not one of these guys who like i just saw kill bill like yeah dude i'm i'm no this goes way back man this goes back to bruce lee and the shaw brothers and jackie chan you name it um and i just uh, listed all Chinese uh, <laughs> martial arts artists and martial arts films, but you know that it doesn't end there. I'm, I grew up on Jean Claude Van Damme, loved those movies. Um, you know Jim Kelly uh, from the black exploitation era and Enter the Dragon, love his stuff. Um, and to me, Iron Fist was it tapped into to that, and to me, that's that's part of. That's part of the the legend of Iron Fist, not just the character, but the um, the creation of the character. Because Iron Fist was born of the '70s kung fu era, right? Mm-hmm. If there's no Bruce Lee and there's no kung fu fra- uh, craze, there's no that the song Kung Fu Fighting didn't come out. Marvel probably would not have created this character, right? So it was Iron Fist was born of of that era, mm-hmm. of of the era and the films that. I really love. So I think the this show was smart to uh, retain that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, man, okay, so... <laughs> okay, there's... As, as a, uh, a kung fu film fanatic, there, there were a lot of little cool Easter eggs, you know? Like, mm-hmm. as, as comic book geeks, we all get crazy for, like, these little things. You know, like, in Civil War, at the end, we see Spider-Man's... His, his belt lights up, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the signal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that, you know. Um, there was shit like that in Iron Fist, you know, so... Where? Where? Okay, <laughs> let, 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 me, let me mansplain and, and uh, school you here. No, so um, I just, there's little things. So there's a shot of, of Danny Rand and Davos 
they're taking on the hand. I think it was at Colleen Wing's studio. Yeah. And they just bust out into tiger style and crane style. But, you know, yeah, yeah, they yeah. take those stances. <laughs> boom! Like, sweet fucking Shaw Brothers reference right there. Um, there, There is an overlying... Um, uh, Japanese martial arts versus Chinese martial arts yeah. uh, a theme throughout yeah, the show, that, yeah. and that is is really a, a core theme of classic kung fu movies. You know, maybe notably rooted in some, uh, um, you know maybe not the best place, you know, is yeah. rooted in a lot of um, xenophobia in a way, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, oh, Chinese yeah. Kung Fu yeah. movies mm-hmm. um, sort of hating on Japanese yeah. uh, mm-hmm. characters. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, but, uh, but no, I, I loved all that shit. So, like, the, the most obvious example is, you know, Colleen Wing is trained she's chinese but she's trained in the japanese martial arts and danny rand is trained in kung fu chinese martial arts and that's kind of a a problem point uh initially right they kind of they kind of butt heads um with that and that that exploration is pretty interesting to me you know and uh on kind of a more fun level there there's some fucking great like Chinese martial arts versus Japanese martial arts shit in the show. Like uh, this, the one one of my my favorite scenes was uh, there's that episode where they they're in China and they they're like raiding the hands oh, lair, you know. Yeah. And there's this great scene where Colleen Wing takes on this other uh, Asian female warrior. Yeah, the sword, the sword. Yeah, thing. it's it's Colleen Wing with with her Japanese katana fighting. A Chinese woman with a Chinese longsword, and I I went crazy. Like I, this is this is what I live for, you know. And I will say, you know, Colleen was I liked Colleen's fights. I thought her fights were the best fights. And then second, I think was Davos. I I appreciate both of their fights. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't think Danny was good at fighting. <laughs> that yeah. was my main problem. That's a good point. Well, we probably can get into that later about mm-hmm. the the uh the martial arts expertise of the cast you know that that's that's definitely notable um but uh yeah let me get through this uh through my um my gushing a little more um let's see oh well well, that's a big one the the uh the the japanese martial arts versus chinese martial arts I, Mm -hmm. i love that um there's a film that I can't, cannot recommend highly enough. It's called Heroes of the East. Mm-hmm. It's a Shaw Brothers movie. Um, it's one of these movies that has like a zillion different English titles, uh, but it's also known as um, Shaolin Challenges Ninja. And that's maybe the, the more uh, appropriate title because that's literally what it is. It's, it's, it's uh, Chinese martial arts versus Japanese martial arts. It stars the great Gordon Liu, who you might know as um, being in Kill Bill in multiple roles. Um, he played the leader of the Crazy 88 as well as the old master, Pei Mei. Um, he's a star and he takes on um, a whole crew of different uh, Japanese martial artists. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, and I felt like 
that film, as well as a lot of other films of the era, were were kind of nodded to in Iron Fist, most notably in this mm-hmm. Colleen Wing, Katana versus Chinese Longsword battle. Um, but yeah, like like I mentioned, we both mentioned that it's kind of an underlying theme throughout the show, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, a- another note there, like I couldn't tell you how angry I was when, do you remember when the the Karate Kid remake came out? Oh, the the newest one with the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with, with Jackie Chan. I, yeah, yeah, with Jackie yeah. Chan. So, um, like, when it... Like I was, it was so upsetting because it's, they named it the Karate Kid, but there's no karate. Like the the, yeah. the kid, uh, Will Smith's son, yeah. learns kung fu from yeah. Jackie Chan, and they're naming it the Karate yeah. Kid. That just uh, it just drives me crazy. But you know, again, from a martial arts film mm-hmm. fan perspective, mm-hmm. they got all that stuff right in Iron Fist. Like there was a clear distinction of different styles, mm-hmm. um, Japan versus China. Um, a lot of different uh, martial arts weapons and just like sort of a this this nice sort of uh, feast for for kung fu film fans. So okay, I don't want to get you know go too deep in this and and maybe sound you know even stupid stupider later. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think this is a good argument. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, let's see. Is there anything? Oh. Well, okay, we don't want to get too structured, so feel free to jump in here and there. But another thing, you know, speaking of classic martial arts films, that same episode when they're in China, while Colleen is doing her sword fight, um, Danny Rand is taking on Louis Tan, you know, who we talked about before, right? So we were all, a lot of us were wondering, well, Louis Tan who we discussed as being in the running to play an Asian-American Danny Rand, uh, come to find out he didn't get the role, but they cast him as a villain, but no one knew like who he was going to be. Yeah. So it turns out he was a drunken-style master. And that scene, as awesome as the Colleen Wing sword fight was, mm-hmm. this one... I might have liked even more, and again, for similar reasons, like, it's a callback to classic movies. You you talk about uh, Jackie Chan, the drunken master, straight out of that, you know, the drunken style, and it was a really fun fight. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And he did a great job with that. Yeah. Tan did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, Louis Tan, uh, disappointing that he didn't get the Danny Rand role. And, you know, as, as much as I enjoyed... Iron Fist, to me, mm-hmm. I still am like, oh, what if they had an Asian American Iron Fist? Yeah, I would have, I would have loved it, and I think it's just one of those what ifs, you know, right? Yeah, I, it's it's definitely something that was kind of hanging out in the back of my mind when I was watching. Um, because I mean, like, I write for Nerds of Color occasionally, which is uh, the website where I think the campaign actually first started for an Asian American Iron Fist. You know, like um, the the editor I uh, respond to, uh, Keith Chow, he like started writing articles about it like three mm-hmm. four years ago, um, and that's how I first learned about that campaign. Um, you know, and and he Keith talked a lot about how um, the reasons it would have made sense to have an Asian American Iron Fist is because it's true. A lot of those old '70s martial arts films that feature a white guy, there's um, there's heavy elements of 
Orientalism, mm-hmm. you know, and it's true throughout the show. Danny does have a lot of like he says all these Buddhist sayings, you know. Yeah, he, he does a lot of Tai Chi. Um, he, he tries to speak Mandarin to like every Asian oh, person. Oh my god, he runs across, you know. And it, oh, real quick on that. <laughs> so that was, I mean, I think it was episode one where he when he yeah. first meets Colleen, Colleen right? Yeah. So he he basically pulled the the step one of the Asia file handbook <laughs> and approaches an Asian girl and yeah. starts speaking Mandarin to her. Yeah. I, I, I literally almost just turned it off and yeah. stopped watching it It, it was altogether. very cringeworthy. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and and it's moments like that that um, was the reason why people were saying, you know, you can have an Asian American Danny, you can still have him be the, the Iron Fist, still have him be the rich billionaire, but you would be helping to write around these really uncomfortable, outdated, you know, characters, mm-hmm. you know, and issues. Um, it, so that was definitely, I mean, that was like definitely one of the issues I was having yeah. with the show yeah. is that it's true that the writing didn't do enough to avoid those things. I felt like it kept falling into that hole of, oh my God, this is a white guy who's being really, really like out there with his yeah. love of all things Asia and it just comes off a certain way um, and, and it had me rolling my eyes like all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and it's true, like had Tan gotten the role, I can't help but think that maybe we would have gotten you know, more of the martial arts that you yeah. love so much. You yeah. Know? Because I think, I don't want to like dog on Finn Jones, but I, I do think you can tell watching him that he does not have an aptitude for martial arts. Agreed. I think, I think you can see that he, you know, some, some people just have rhythm in their body and they pick up <laughs> physical arts really well. Like I honestly think Colleen Wing and Davos, his mm. actors, um, picked up the martial arts much better. Yeah. Um, but you know, with Danny, it was it was like a struggle every episode yeah. to watch him. Like I totally hear your point about how they did try to incorporate the different martial arts. Mm-hmm. You know, like I appreciate that they had that detail there. But like when it's in Jones's hands, I mean, he just looked like he was. I honestly thought he was dying in every single fight. I mean, he's just so fumbly and yeah. uncomfortable with it, and and you wonder had Tan you know an experienced martial artist who apparently his his dad was a martial artist and he was a stuntman and mm. a, you know film a, a long history of yeah, training yeah long history of being a fighter you yeah. know it makes you wish you could have seen that Danny, yeah you know? oh yeah and yeah real quick to that point that you know i just listed all these classic <laughs> movies yep. you know these these aren't the greatest actors in the world yeah. but they certainly can kick some ass with martial arts. Yeah. So, you know, you talk, we talk about Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Jean-Claude Van Damme, yeah. Gene Kelly. Um, great martial artists. And, you know, their stuff came off great. Yeah, their body speaks for when they're acting, maybe. And, and I would come off very fraudulent if mm-hmm. I were to say that Finn Jones brought, you know, grace and, <laughs> and expertise because he, he didn't. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, they 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 use the stuntman a lot. Yeah, yeah. you know, 
I think when you can, when the audience can clearly tell that the stuntman's been swapped in, you have a casting problem, I would say. And, you know, I just, I really don't want to dog on Jones because I know he is a new actor. Uh, He kind of stuck his foot in it online when he tried to argue about why, you know, the character couldn't be Asian and why people didn't like him. So I don't don't want to, like, go after him. (laughs) But I... It does make me wonder why, like, if they really wanted to keep Canon Danny, you know, white, like he's always been, why they didn't cast a, a white martial artist then, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I think the, and one of the reasons people kept giving for why Tan lost out to Jones was they were like, oh, well, obviously he's not a good actor, you know, which is uh-huh. crazy because like we just said, like, Bruce Lee or like Jackie Chan, maybe not the greatest actors. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. watch their stuff and it's like, yeah. oh my God. But like nobody cared because they <laughs> yeah. were excellent martial artists. And I think they should have done that for Danny. Martial artists, you know, mm. experience. Uh, that's a first. good argument. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe they can't act that great, but who cares if we're getting like these epic fights? You yeah. Know? And I felt like we were not getting those fights. Yeah. Know? And that's what I really wanted. Um, you know, it's a good argument. I think as much as I as much as I love this show and really enjoyed the action mm-hmm. scenes, maybe they could have been even better if they yeah. had like a real martial artist yeah. Yeah. as the lead, right? You yeah, know, that's, and, that's a good yeah. argument. Yeah, and it, I think so. Like I said earlier, my issue with the show is the writing, and I. The writing for me was the issue because a lot of time was spent having Danny just say he's Iron Fist, having him say that he defeated a dragon, and then there's like all these scenes of them in boardroom meetings and missed emails, like really uninteresting (laughs) stuff. Yeah. And I started to think maybe we're stuck in this terrible fucking zone of like boardroom drama (laughs) because they don't have um, enough main characters who are martial artists to really carry it through because Mm. i was like i was honestly surprised by how little martial arts was actually in it you know i felt like every episode we get a little fight but it wasn't like the epic you know battles that i was expecting um and i can't help but attribute that to them not prioritizing a martial artist and i i would agree with you that there were definitely some slow points mm-hmm. and like almost all the stuff with the Meacham family yeah. was pretty damn boring. I mean, it was... <laughs> they were yeah. all excellent actors, I will yeah. say, but like, yeah, it, it was boring. It yeah. was long and drawn out. And in the end, I mean, it peripherally had to do with Danny, but it didn't... I, I just, I felt like it was detracting from us <laughs> seeing Danny be Danny, you know? Yeah. Like, and yeah, again, yeah, I'm with you there. Like... Mm-hmm. To me, the, the the finale of the show was the second to last episode when you <laughs> yeah, right exactly. when you yeah. saw Colleen battle her master yeah. Bakudo, yeah. awesome fight yeah. by the way, yeah. and you saw Danny fight Davos right yeah. in the rain yeah. and it's like, yeah. um, and uh, like when I watched that, I was like, I'm good. And yeah, then like yeah. the last episode was <laughs> like the Danny versus uh, Harold Meacham, and yeah, it, it was boring and didn't yeah, really care. It, yeah, the first half hour was like the whole show was just hit with a sedative and I was you know, I was live tweeting this and I was like oh my god you guys like I just I can't believe this is still going I yeah just... there's a lot of like signing of documents yeah, and paper yeah. pushing and yeah. ownership 
issues and legal battles. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm with you there. Um, but <laughs> you're like, but I still like it, <laughs> uh, and I still like it, and I'll and I'll put it in the context of again with with martial arts films, yeah. which similarly you know, aren't winning awards for writing mm-hmm. uh, or acting or, um, you know, great storytelling. Well, I don't want to say it's still great. They do have great stories, but um, for, you know, complex and um, compelling plot lines, you know. Um, you know, like I mentioned Jim Kelly, the, the black exploitation star. Like, I love... Uh, first of all, I love them in Enter the Dragon, but I love them in Black Belt Jones, too. And... You know, you talk about a film that's on uh, on the uh, a bit on the weak side <laughs> in terms of writing. There, there's that, definitely that there. Um, so you know, for, uh, again, from the kung fu fan perspective, uh, maybe I didn't I didn't need that. I didn't need good writing. Maybe I liked the fact that the the writing was shitty. You know, maybe that was part of my experience. I appreciate that somebody. <laughs> enjoyed it like <laughs> like some fool I liked it I do think it's sweet that you accept it for all its flaws you know yeah. like... um, I do like the fact you brought up like what if the what if of the Asian American mm-hmm. character because you know I again I will admit the show is not a progressive show yeah. this is yeah, like I loved it but this is not the show that is bringing our people forward you yeah. know um, it's not like the Luke Cage or the Jessica Jones, where that dealt with yeah. you know, sexual harassment, yeah. and rape culture. I mean, this this is back to basics of like angry cookie cutter white man. <laughs> yeah, you know, has a destiny to fulfill. But it's a great point that like the what if Danny Rand was Asian American? Mm-hmm. All of that stuff we just mentioned, mm-hmm. it, it it gets flipped. You know, it, it would have been uh, very progressive. You know, and it mm-hmm. it it could have still retained all of what I loved about it, the, yeah. the, the roots in classic Kung Fu, Kung Fu films. Um, but instead of something that I have to enjoy in a guilty way, yeah, I could yeah, really yeah. champion it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And yeah. I think that's the thing is so many people were like, oh, it, he wouldn't be Danny if he was Asian, you know, because they need him to be white, to have this privilege, you know? And it's just like, I mean, first off, the show um, does not question Danny's white privilege in any way. That was one of those huge um, anti-Asian Danny arguments. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, like, I mean, you can see scenes where it's clear, like, you can think, like, oh, my God, if he were, like, Asian or black, there's no way he'd get away with this. You know, there are definitely scenes like that, but the show doesn't actually canonically talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. so that argument is already moot. And had he been Asian, Asians still have... A certain level of privilege once they get to a certain socioeconomic oh, yeah, for level, sure. you know, and for like sure. everyone was like, oh, well, he needs to like examine his privilege in comparison to Luke Cage. And I'm like, Asians do have privilege in comparison to black people. Yeah. We definitely do, you know? Mm-hmm. So then it would be, instead of examining the white versus black dichotomy, it would be basically the model minority versus, you know, used as the cudgel against black people to shame them, you know? Mm -hmm. So it would just be a different narrative, and he could still be Danny. He would still be the rich guy who knows how to punch, you know, and fight, you know, and is self-effacing and funny. Um, 
Although I will say, now that I brought that up, I will say Danny in the Netflix show is not the Danny I was used to seeing in the comics. Okay. And that was how, one of the things so? that upset me. <laughs> uh, well, he so Danny Netflix Danny's very angry. He's mm. very very angry, and he um, I I think I think as a woman watching it. Um, it was hard for me to like him because he threw these temper tantrums a lot. You know, because yeah. he had that trauma from the the airplane crash, and he right. clearly he didn't get over it until like the final episode. That was like the his catharsis. But mm-hmm. so that anger though kept him. You know, it, he kept bursting out at the women around him. He would snap at them, or he'd yell, or he'd smash things on the table, and you would see all the women kind of like flinch yeah. and jump back. You know, and I don't. So most of the episode directors were men, and I don't think they realized how that comes off, how that makes Danny look to women. Because mm. for me, I was like, oh my God, this is not the Danny I know from the comics, who yeah. is, um, he, Danny in the comics is like more silly, He he's mm-hmm. a little sweeter, he's uh, more naive, but in like a, <laughs> like a fawn sort of way, yeah. not like an idiotic sort of yeah. way, you know, like, I don't know, I just never got angry, violent white man from Danny mm. in the comics, you right. know, so this one was like, I was, I was surprised. I was surprised he was coming off that way. And yeah, I was disappointed that that's the one we got because he kind of mm-hmm. felt like an echo of all these other you know, like the protagonists we get in films where the, the white male heroes very er, angry yeah, and he yeah. lets that drive him. And I think he yeah. could have been different. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, you're bringing up great points. <laughs> I think, um, you know, we've seen characters kind of have an arc like mm-hmm. the Danny Rand in this show where they start off a little rough around the edges yeah. and they they find out their way, you know? Um, But what I would saw as kind of this quirky guy, you know, you bring a great point. Like he's, he's angry and dangerous. You know, he, he, there's a scene where he attacks Colleen's students at her dojo. Right. So (laughs) yeah, that was upsetting. When you look at through the lens of he is a white man and he throws this fit and like hits this black student and the, you know, the kid falls down in pain. <laughs> like the race politics of that image is it's not a good one you know and i don't know if the writers realize what they're mm, doing yeah much like how the ghosts in the shell writers i don't think they realize what they're <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. when they did the japanese mom i don't i don't trust that these writers knew i mean i don't which brings me back to the point of like even though i really wanted an asian danny um mm-hmm. with this current set of writers i don't know if they could have handled it sensitively and the yeah. way it needed yeah. to be handled you know i just i think they would have flubbed it well thanks for feeling making me feel bad <laughs> well you know uh, it's it's everything's great you're bringing this stuff up it, it makes me i mean I, I will always love martial arts <laughs> films but you know the fact mm-hmm. that they drew inspiration from a lot of these classic films yeah. Yeah. maybe it's not the best thing because mm-hmm. a film from 40 years ago 30 yeah. years ago they're problematic, you know, and if they just kind of blindly use like, oh, this is what people have loved for decades, they'll they'll continue to love it. And guess what I did. But, um, you know, we live in the year 2017. Yeah, yeah you update source material. You gotta, yeah, you gotta yeah. adjust with the times, right? So um, I'm 
totally open to mm-hmm. what you're talking about, and I will continue to put the blinders on <laughs> and just enjoy a good kung fu battle, basically. I mean, I will say that just just so people don't think I'm just like really angry at it. I will say the actors were good. I loved Claire in it. She is my queen, and I love that it like implied that at the end she got these claws. Yeah, and might become um, like white. I think her name's White Tiger. Mm. Uh, she's one of like oh, the yeah. yeah the the lesser heroes that joins Heroes for Hire. Um, you know, and, and I, I like that it set up Colleen. Um, you know, I like that it had Jerry, I liked all the women. Uh, yeah. I like that it had Jerry Hogarth. But like, yeah. I think I wanted it to be good. You know, yeah. I don't want people to think, to think that like, I wanted it to fail. I sincerely yeah. wanted them to give us a good show. Right on. You know? Yeah. And, um, uh, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, Colleen Wing a little <laughs> yes. bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Played by Jessica Henwick. I have Henwick. some issues with her, even though I say I love her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's start with that. Let's hear. Let's hear your issues about oh about well, that character. Well, again, this Colleen, just like Danny, she is not like the comic book Colleen that I'm used to. In the comics, she is more uh, Misty's age. Uh, this actress, I think, is like ten years younger than Misty's actress. Um, oh right. Yeah. yeah. So, and she is an assassin. She's very sassy. She takes no shit. Um, she makes fun of Danny all the time. You know, she's very much her own entity. Um, and the only person she really sacrifices anything for is Misty. You know. Mm. So she's more like, I guess, like more like a, an Electra type character. You know mm-hmm. how she was kind of like, you know, f you, Matt. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's how her personality is. But yeah. here, she was really kind of like. They kind of wrote her as this really forgiving, bends over backwards for Danny almost um, character, where he would, you know, he'd throw these fits because Claire would be rightfully calling him out on like not having a fully formulated plan, and Colleen would be like, "Oh, you know, it's okay, it's okay, you know, we don't have to think about that right now," or you know, "Don't be harsh, Claire." And I'm like, Colleen would never say that. Never. She would be in Claire's <laughs> position, calling Danny an idiot, you know? And so I just, like, I want the Colleen Wing that is in the comics. Because as much as I love Henwick, and she, like, gave her all for that role. Yeah. I just, I question, like, the the idea that they have this Asian woman character kind of coddling this white man character. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I, I can see I can see what you're saying there. Yeah. And uh, real quick on on Claire. Um, yeah, I loved her too. Like Claire she was, was the best like part of the show. you know, I, I you know, I I wholeheartedly admit that the writing was pretty bad on the yeah. show and it's almost like her character was pointing out the bad writing. Yeah, she would always be like, what the fuck, dude? It's like, this is the plan, you know? (laughs) I almost feel like like Rosario Dawson was just ad-libbing the whole thing. Right, she read the script, just like, like, what the fuck? Yeah, she was like the only one that seemed to have any sense, whereas Colleen was kind of being pulled into doing shit. Claire was like, you guys are idiots. Her final line to the two of them is like, seriously, you two have psychological problems and you need help. And she like walks away. (laughs) That's literally like the last thing she says it's hilarious yeah Yeah. she's great and i think colleen wing is great too and you know i talked about how i almost just like stopped watching right away early on like (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. the first couple episodes were slow man you talked about there's not there wasn't enough great uh, action i think there ultimately for me there was but there was the first couple episodes (laughs) like what what is this yeah they took a long time establishing uh but for me 
Colleen got me through it. Like, yeah. uh, no, I, no, I would agree with that. <laughs> I would agree. I um, when I stopped, uh, basically, yeah, I, I woke up like in the middle of the night, Thursday night, and you know they released it at midnight. <laughs> oh so I watched like the first few episodes at like one to three a.m. Oh or my something. God. So um, <laughs> dedicated to the show. Well, well, I mean that I'll, that I'll put that off to insomnia. <laughs> but um, so then I went to work mm-hmm. that day, and I, I was just thinking this show is not very good, yeah. but. Yeah what brought me back was Colleen Wing. I was like, I want to see how this shakes out. I want to yeah. see her character. And man, I totally fell in love with her. Yeah. I want to be with her. I want to <laughs> be her. I want everything from her. You know, um, she, she is a good character. Yeah, she's badass. Um, she had those cute little like athleisure outfits on, you know, <laughs> like kind of Lululemon-esque yeah. outfits looking she good. She's a sensei. Yeah, yeah she kicked her. ass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, she's great. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of points where I was like, please just give the iron fist to her. Just <laughs> I, Like, there, there's a scene at the end where, like, Danny uh, incredibly gets shot right in the fist, like, right in his iron fist. Oh, right. Um, which was, like, crazy. And then, like, I was like, does it not work then? And then I was like, oh, we can just, like, somehow pass Pass it on to Colleen, like, please. <laughs> Just free us from this. Um, real quick, I, I really, uh, particularly, I enjoyed the, the middle mm-hmm. episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. I mentioned episode eight. That's when they go to China. Yeah. Yeah. They deal with the hand. Um, episode six also was mm-hmm. a huge highlight for me. So this episode was directed by the RZA from the Wu-Tang Clan, and also the star and director of The Man with Iron Fists, another great uh, martial arts film. Um, So yeah, when I saw him build as director, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And sure enough, it was a great episode. It was, first of all, it was a very obvious homage to Bruce Lee's The Game of Death because uh, essentially Danny Rand goes through these different levels of combat uh, with with different uh, adversaries working with the hand and great fight scenes and pretty cool villains too you know like uh, we talked about like different martial arts styles you know there was different Asian Amer- uh, different Asian representation here too where uh, there was a spider lady he fought in the second fight mm-hmm. it was a Korean woman mm-hmm. and the the third and final opponent was a Japanese guy mm-hmm. and you know that was and and the, the styles of the fights were all very different and very inventive and really um, as expected from Riza as a director who is mm-hmm. a tremendous martial arts movie fan you know, maybe even more than Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, not surprisingly, he really tapped into everything I just mentioned, all, all my love for, for these films and, and this uh, genre. Um, so uh, big thumbs up there. Also, um, Madame Gao. We didn't talk about Madame Gao. She's, yeah, she's, I, she's a I badass, too. Yeah, I, know. I felt, like, bad that I was cheering for her, but she's so awesome. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about a Korean character, a Japanese character. Mm-hmm. She's an older Chinese mm-hmm actress and that was kind of refreshing to see yeah and i i did like episode six but i think i think i was disappointed in the sense that like what we were shown in episode six i wish was the whole show you know Mm -hmm. because uh, so the the whole thing where he had to go through the tournament and he fought uh (laughs) i'm completely blanking on her name but the spider woman yeah yeah um that is directly from um 
what is it, Matt Fraction and Ed Brubacher's Immortal oh, yeah. Iron Fist, yep. where he, where Danny goes and he has to do this tournament and uh, <laughs> Spider Woman, the lady, she's there. Um, you know, and I, I loved that run, the Immortal Iron Fist, um, and I thought that was a very exciting, very brightly colored. Um, comic that really shows you who Danny is and what he can do with the fist. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention showing you other Iron Fists. Right. Um, and yep. I wish that was the show. You know? And I just... <laughs> and, like, when they started that whole tournament thing in episode six, I was like, this is it. From six to twelve, we're gonna have right. the tournament. Like, yeah. it's on. Yeah, yeah. And then it ends. It was just you know? the and one episode. And I was episode. like, oh, man, you know, that... I wish we had seen that show. You know, especially yeah. because later, Madame Gao, she mentions... You are not the first Iron Fist I encountered. Right. You know, and it's either it's either her or Davos or both. They say you are like the worst Iron Fist. You know, <laughs> which like I agree with. He is. Let's be real. Um, it, you know, so then it, it makes you wish that you that they had pulled like a you know like an Avatar: The Last Airbender where they show former Iron Fists. You know, and mm-hmm. show how they dealt with issues of. You know, what do you do when you have to kill someone, but you morally feel it's wrong? You know, stuff like that. I just, oh, all these other shows, I wish this <laughs> show was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I just looked it up that yeah. the Korean woman is, she plays the Bride of Nine Spiders. Of yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Pre- a pretty badass yeah. character. I, I will say I was annoyed with what they did with her. <laughs> Again, coming from a woman's perspective, I was annoyed mm-hmm. that like in the comic, um, Immortal Iron Fist, her power is like, she, <laughs> spiders literally come flying out of her chest. Like her, okay. she's superhuman. She's not sexy at all. She's supposed to be terrifying. But in the show, instead of doing that, they... They, you know, like they sexed her up and they uh, had her seducing Danny and he was like really flustered about, which is hilarious because he like emphasizes how he's trained to mm-hmm. like fortify his mind, but like he's really like weak against a girl flirting. Um, <laughs> and it, it was, I was just kind of like, oh man, come on. Like you couldn't have her be a badass, you know, just yeah. let us see some spiders fly out of her chest. <laughs> like, and so she was like super sexy and I just, I, I was disappointed just because I feel like the show a lot of the women just kind of got shafted <laughs> I don't know I don't know man so obviously you have a net you had a negative reaction to the mm-hmm. show um how does that affect your anticipation for the the defender show because this is oh, essentially yeah. the last yeah. defender before mm-hmm. all four of them get mm-hmm. together and and have their their team-up yeah. show yeah I just Oh my god! So I I read an article where it said Iron Fist is meant to be the leader of Defenders. Um, really? And you know, yeah, <laughs> I know. When I read that, I was like, Oh my god, they're dead! Please like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, because like the whole thing with Iron Fist is they set it up so that he's the only one. He's like the only one who can defeat the hand. You know, like they say it several mm. times. Um, but I don't think the show did a good job of setting up Danny as someone who is reliable for the team, you know? Yeah. He, like, just got over his trauma. He barely knows how to use the fist. Yeah. <laughs> like, and to say that he's going to lead these other people, I mean, like, it has me really concerned. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think my one hope for the Defenders is that maybe there's a time jump and Danny and Colleen train you know, maybe mm. together or separately or something. And Danny finds himself and figures out how to be the Iron Fist that he's meant to be. Because if he shows up the way he is at the end of season one, he's going to be a disaster. <laughs> like, he, I don't think he's equipped. I, I just don't know. I didn't get the sense from watching him that he yeah. 
he could be the leader they need. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're going for kind of what Marvel Studios did with Captain America, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. after the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. And even in most of the first Avengers movie, he was not fit for leadership, really, but then he kind of developed into the leader yeah. that the Avengers needed. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's what they're going with here, but... Maybe. I, yeah, I don't... Right now, I don't see it. Yeah. I, I don't see him as as a leader of yeah. anything right and, now. And I think it is also an issue of, like, Jones, even though he's only maybe, like, I think five years younger... Oh, no, he's anywhere between five to 15 years younger than some of the other defenders. Oh, right, and yeah. He, but then he also looks young, too. Yeah. So, like, when I saw him and in the show, I interpreted him as, like, a 21 to 23-year-old just yeah. based on how he was acting. So I think, mm-hmm. for me, um, it's hard for me to see him, like, <laughs> standing next to, like, Luke Cage, who's, like, I think, like, 40 years yeah, old. Yeah, and telling life, him what to do, Telling him you what know? to do, yeah. you know? And I can't imagine Luke putting up with that in any way, shape, or form, you know? Yeah. So I... I do wonder how they're going to balance all that. Um, and, and I still wonder why maybe we couldn't do the defenders first um, and, and then have them really in a bind. And then uh-huh. Danny would have been introed in that show was kind of like, you know, like the last yeah. minute savior who comes in and then you get the spinoff to see who the hell this dude is. Uh, you know, like I think I would have preferred that where he was kind yeah. of like the vision character, like from Age of Ultron. That might have been interesting, for sure. Yeah, because he's supposed to be their ace, right? He is the hand defender. I mean, the hand hand defeater, (laughs) not defender. Defeater, yeah. Yeah, I I do wonder about, like, what what purpose the show (laughs) served to, like, set up the defenders, you know? I think it set up Gao. Honestly, yeah, it set yeah. up the hand, it set up Gao and Colleen. Yeah. Um, I don't know about Danny, you know? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So, okay. Um, yeah, any final thoughts on... Um, yeah, go, just going back to, mm-hmm. to the show, to Iron Fist. Any fi- final thoughts, anything? Um, they didn't show us the dragon. Um, they didn't show us oh, Kunlun. That's which, right. Yeah, that's which, right. I, which was like a huge disappointment for me because I just really wanted to see him punch a dragon. So they don't show that. Um, and I honestly don't think they did a great job of explaining what the Iron Fist is and what it is potentially capable of. I just, I don't know. I felt like there's a lot of gaps about that, you know. Um, A thought came to mind Mm -hmm. for me. Again, I really like the show, (laughs) but there was something that was very disappointing to me. Mm -hmm. There were some rumors that Shang-Chi, the master of Kung Fu, would have a cameo in the show maybe kind of attesting the waters, mm-hmm. maybe leading to his own show yeah. type thing. Yes. Yeah. That did not happen. It did not. It did not happen and which leads me to believe that that will never that the Shang-Chi show <laughs> will not happen. It, it won't. I really it was thrown out there by Marvel because they saw the backlash that yeah. they were getting for not casting an Asian American character. So that was definitely a red herring that they threw out. Yeah. There's there's no space in that show that it would have made sense to introduce Shang-Chi yeah. because they didn't even show us anywhere outside of really the Rand building and a little a tiny little bit of China. Yeah. Um they, they could have thrown me a bone and had a little cameo, <laughs> I wish, I wish something. But even if they did, I would I would be really skeptical about a Shang-Chi show just mm-hmm. because 
like this show is is like a kung fu show so why would they do another kung fu show with an asian actor which obviously marvel is dead set against you know uh so yeah and but so the fact that he didn't even have a cameo i think that's completely shang chi fans like myself um don't don't bet on it (laughs) you know what i mean yeah uh, so uh, other final thoughts um, this is uh, a funny position for me to be in because you know I, you know I like to think I have uh, a, a unique uh, take on things but my my um, opinions tend to be in line with with the mainstream for the most part so um, it's, it's uh, yeah with, with in general in general I have you know differences here and there but th- this is the only time that I can think of that my take on a show or movie has been completely at odds with everything out there so it, uh, for me it just makes me think of like all of the the Batman v Superman fans out there or, or maybe like Trump support Trump supporters in the yeah. Bay Area like yeah. I think I'm getting a little taste of of what it's like to be in their shoes and it's a little odd and it's a little uncomfortable um, but uh, but damn it you know I'm gonna stick my guns you know like we before, I, well, I do you know? appreciate that like you admit though <laughs> that the, it has its shortcomings which I think is vital for being a good fan of anything because I think it's when you don't yeah. accept criticism of the thing you love that that that's where the stereotype of the angry nerd comes from yeah you know when you can't admit anything is wrong with the thing you love you know so yeah you're, you're doing good you're I'm, doing trying. Good you're I'm trying I'm trying here I'm pulling out everything yeah. I can here uh but yeah I'm glad you mentioned that <laughs> because yeah and I, I agree like there's there's a certain blind loyalty we see we see sometimes that um you got i think the 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 popular term is is fanboy blinders um and it's a thing we see it a lot it comes out with marvel and dc yeah and um you know i try my best i can to if i like something understand why i like it and why and you know understand the nuances and recognize that nothing's perfect there are there are flaws in everything. Yeah. More people need to be like that. More people <laughs> need to understand nuance. You can still love Marvel and hate Iron Fist, and you can still love Iron Fist yeah. and still understand its problems. You know, like it's yeah. not that hard, people. Come on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Look how much we got along during this podcast. Hey, we, <laughs> we didn't come to blows. You know, <laughs> all good. It's all love here. <laughs> Um, and real quick, we, we talked a little bit before about um, sort of having a cultural eye on things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Like, um, I, I really enjoyed Iron Fist as a source of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as, as a, a progressive show, as um, something to consider for uh, di- diversity, um, it's it's not a good thing, you know. Yeah. And um, and it's like you said, like th- there, it's not one hundred percent one way or the other. There's nuance, you know. It's good to recognize a lot of these things we love are, are problematic. In fact, I would argue mm-hmm. er- everything out there is problematic. Yeah. In yeah, some there, way, there's no right? such thing as a, like a hundred percent perfect piece of media. Like there, there's always going to be problems, you know. And it's just, you have to learn to grapple with that, you know. And 
And and when you realize you're wrong or you said something bad or you know you just you accept it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> talk it through. You know, you don't try to defend the bad thing. Yeah, I think um, kind of like what we did here today. Yeah. <laughs> talk yes. it through, have a conversation. <laughs> don't get crazy. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I think a, a good conversation can solve a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Clara and Henry.